0: Welcome to
1: Please Bet on Football Games.
0: Welcome to the second half of the NFL season 2021. I'm Joe, the Keeper of the Real, at BMADFTS, and this is my co-host, Alex.
1: How's it going, Joe? Happy to be back for this uh, flying by football season. You guys can find me at I underscore like underscore sports six.
0: So, finally, we're on time. It is halftime of Monday Night Football, a riveting affair that we will not be talking about. But, uh, that game pending. Let's get into a little bit of recap. The pod picks this week were, once again, stellar. Up 2.55 units.
1: You're richest!
0: Two-thirds winning percentage. That's 66.67 for you at home. We won on Cleveland, our best bet. Yet again, that is 8 of 10 best bets that we've won, which is ridiculous. Uh, We lost on Carolina, we lost on Houston, the two that we added at the last second, last pod. But we won out. Green Bay, yes. Arizona, fucking told you people. San Diego, also known as LA, yes. That brings our season total up to 11.8 units profit, a 58.5% winning percentage. And an eighteen point seven three percent ROI. That's fucking stupid.
1: Yeah, I uh, I took stats in high school, and uh, those numbers sound pretty good to me.
0: Yes, you see, I know they're good because they're in green on my spreadsheet. So
1: there you go. That green also means good. I've learned that. I learned that in driving school. Mm, yes. I'm not gonna make a Henry
0: Ruggs joke. I'm gonna move on to my own picks. Um, good
1: job. We can, uh, we can skip your first chance at uh, jokes that will get you fired in 10 years.
0: Already improving upon last week's performance. So speaking of improving on last week's performance, uh, in week eight, I made $4, $4,407.57. And in week nine, I made $4,717.42. So we're only getting better. That brings my total up to $17,959.99 with a 14.36% ROI and my winning percentage is up to almost 52%, 51.95. This is also caveated by the fact that I call bullshit, I seem to be the only person in America who got chargers minus three and that pushed, which was a two unit bet, would have been nice. Oh well.
1: I did not have quite as good of a week, which we'll, we'll get into why a little bit uh soon here i ended up losing 0.032 units uh it was basically just a a week to throw money throw money and watch football i was kind of just running around doing nothing but we'll get back to it this upcoming week it was mainly because i uh i tried to tie a browns bat. i wanted three for my number so i tied it in with buffalo money line which Obviously, uh, did not hit, and that that took a, what should have been a winner and flipped it to a loser, and then I bet on Green Day at the beginning of the week, which happened before Rogers was announced out, so I got them at money line instead of 7. So, you know, one mistake by me, one bad luck, but either way, fight to the— So, or fight you may game. have let
0: the cat out of the bag a little bit, but let's do a little bit of I fucked up.
1: And if you want me to say I fucked up, I fucked up. Right. Yeah, so— I can I can start my first one. This is my biggest one. I talked about it a little bit. I got too cute. I should have just trusted that we were right with the Browns. We we said they were probably going to win, and two and a half should have been a fine number. Should have just stuck with it instead. I tried to buy down and get a little bit of get that extra half point and save me in case something weird happened. And uh, it backfired pretty good on me.
0: I can't give you too much shit because I also got cute as fuck. I took I didn't take Cleveland plus the points, and I didn't take Cleveland money line. I took Cleveland minus two, which is just about the cutest fucking thing you can do when you've got an awesome line in your favor is just fuck with it and move it six points the other way. Um, But you know what? I'm happy I did because I got almost plus 120 odds. That said, I was complicit in us getting too cute as well because we – God damn near threaded the needle on that New Orleans money line and Houston plus 11 bet. God, Houston by nine, right on the, we fucking got it. And then we are one tripping cornerback away from Cordarell Patterson, not flipping the field on the first snap of a one minute drive, effectively losing the game
1: for us. Yeah, that one, that bet looked pretty dead early on because the the Saints did not look good and then they came back we we had a money line so we just needed a win they they got that that late score to go up by two they only had a minute it was the Falcons offense
0: well they would have went up by two but then they went for the two-point conversion and God damn it if they would have got the two-point conversion we'd be going to overtime probably with money in our hands so it was just a debacle all fronts I what are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't a bad beat, but it was it was just so close to uh, us being right on a, uh, a, a really good little tease. All
0: right. Um, we only lost one other bet, and that's because we fucked up one more time. Um, I fucked up. I bet against the Patriots because I thought their quarterback stinks and their coach is overrated. And I kind of forgot that that meant I bet on a team whose quarterback really stinks and their coach is kind of overrated. Uh, Sam Darnold... My, my my pro comparison for him has always been Blake Bortles, and I think that was optimistic. It's bad unless they come out at the end of the season and they're like, "Oh yeah, Sam Darnold's been playing with a torn right shoulder, and his parents have been held captive by our opponent every week." There's no excuse. It's it's the arm talent isn't really there, and the decision making really really isn't
1: there. <laughs> Yeah, this was something that, you know, we talked about as something we worried of. Darnold has had a ton of turnovers lately. I think he had like five or six in the last three games leading into this week. And then obviously this week was rough as well with him having three picks. So it's, I think Joe Brady can only hide so much and teams have figured out what he can hide. And they're just, they're just forcing Sam Darnold into throwing the ball and when he throws the ball he is going to mess up and they're just getting him They're they, he's throwing the ball and he's turning it over like crazy and you can't well, the, bet on him right now
0: this the sad thing is that they're not doing anything special like it's not like bill belichick cooked up some fucking witch's brew of make darnold turn the ball over when you're throwing interceptions to defensive and well i guess jamie collins isn't a defensive end but he's an edge and if you're throwing a if you're throwing a pick to jamie collins While he's in the process of pressuring you, you're fucking up. And I'm I'm literally watching Chris Berman break down J.C. Jackson's pick six. And like, I don't think I would throw that pick six. And I couldn't play college quarterback. I couldn't play varsity high school quarterback. And if I ever could, it was 10 years ago. So this is, I kind of just want him to leave the NFL for his own sake. It's embarrassing. But you know what? Let's not rag too much. On the two games that we well, the two games that we lost, one of which narrowly. Let's stop pretending that we're humble. Let's tell everybody why they need to fuck themselves and pay
1: us. Fuck you, pay me. Absolutely. So to start off this week's segment of Fuck You, Pay Me, those Cleveland Browns gave Joe Burrow a little bit of trouble. The uh the the man that's been crowned the Golden Boy the last two years. He uh he didn't have quite quite such a good day, huh, Joe?
0: Well, if you listened to our admittedly late as fuck uh, call podcast last week, we told you that the most objective way to break down the game is simply how do you – how do you really fuck with Joe Burrow? What is his kryptonite? And we said any form of pressure turns him into a turnover monster. Like the only person who likes turning the ball over more than Sam Darnold is Joe Burrow under pressure. And halfway through the game, you congratulated me, and you're like, dude, we called it. Like, Joe Burrow, pressure, turns the ball over, can't fucking do anything. And I was like, we're not even pressuring him. And you pointed out that, like, Joe Burrow doesn't crumble under pressure, as in he's got a free rusher in his face or he feels the need to maneuver the pocket. Joe Burrow is crumbling under pressure, such as the defensive lineman is engaged with my lineman. Like it's that
1: bad. It's like any pushing of the pocket, and then he's like, all right, got to get the ball out now.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the pick six to start the game is hilarious because I, you were uh, otherwise indisposed. You were watching the game on your phone, so you weren't responding to my texts, which meant I had to send, like, 30. And I was just live tweeting in the DMs every single play, like, how badly we need to fire Joe Woods. Um, yes, I have fire Joe Woods written like all over my notes page crossed out three times um like some serious like ace ventura laces out shit that's a deep cut but no it it was so bad and then joe burrow threw a slant when he should have been throwing a zig this means that joe burrow threw left when everything about the play was going right uh the only thing on the left was denzel ward's chest
1: (laughs) yeah it was just bad all around like it was a bad read because denzel had good coverage on him to begin with and then it was a even worse throw because he put it all the way inside. Never even gave Chase a chance. He's basically threw like he was targeting Ward. So that was just awful. It was wonderful to see that to start the game because I agree with you that the offense was moving easy. It looked like all right, here we go. The the Baker and the Browns offense going to have to put up forty if we want to win. And then uh, Joe Burrow showed showed what happens when uh, you start getting too confident in him.
0: Yeah, and it's great because. I'm sure that even some of our listeners will say, what are you talking about? Joe Burrow threw for about 300 yards. He outplayed Baker. Eh, you're going to get some yards when you play against prevent defense, but he can't do shit in the red zone because he's got no arm talent. He panics, and he's Kirk Cousins with great
1: hair. Really great
0: hair, but just Kirk Cousins
1: with great hair. Uh, Yeah, and we saw the majority of their offense – and it's what we've talked about. It just didn't work as well this week. But it's just force the ball at Jamar Chase. They just target think- the hell out of him and bank on one of those big plays hitting, you know, DBs falling down, whatever, because Chase is good. And most of the time, he's going to turn something into a bigger play than it should be. But when it doesn't work, like it didn't last week, because the Browns have really good corners. And Greg Newsome and Denzel Ward and even A.J. Green and some of those other guys played really well. And they broke up a lot of passes and had good coverage on him. So they didn't let him get any of the big plays. They had one deep throw that almost got there where Newsom got beat off the off the line, but he had a really good recovery and gave him enough issue and Burrow didn't give him a perfect ball. So it, it's really that if you can disrupt that connection a little bit, especially if you get pressure on him, their offense completely crumbled. Now,
0: I, I want to be very clear. This is mostly a Joe Burrow problem, but... The hype has been so. My evaluation of Jamar Chase ever since before the draft was he's a solid wide receiver, he should start on basically any NFL team. He's a second receiver, you'd love to have him. You know, Marvin Jones, maybe a little bit faster, maybe, probably not, but maybe. And uh, I mean, you know, he should be putting up some stats as a wide receiver, too, ready made, but. The hype has been about him being like an elite NFL wide receiver, like a top five, top ten at receiver right now. If you watch football games, you know that's not true, but very few of you actually watch football games. And I can't blame you for not being like, you know, on the edge of your seat for Bengals games, but you're supposed to talk out of your mouth with your head, not out of your ass with your
1: heart. Anyhow. So speaking of Jamar, Chase, we, we got a little bit of vindication. Because just a couple weeks ago, the hype was incredibly high, where I think top five receiver was getting thrown around a lot. Yeah. After that Ravens game where he kind of – he had a couple good catches on Marlon Humphrey and then some really lucky plays and had ungodly stats. They looked great. People were going crazy. And you came in and said, we should not move off of our evaluation. We've said that he's a good receiver, but he's not special. And then yeah. this week, he proved us right a little bit. He, had, I mean, he, uh, he proved
0: us right against the Jets, too. And if you, can, if you can't toast the Jets and the Browns who play exclusively pre vet defense for four quarters, man, it, that's not who you are. Like, those should be games where you put up inflated stats, not passable ones. So, yeah, I, I think we nailed Jamar Chase. And I think that we're just on a fucking streak of nailing wide receivers because at the risk of talking too much about one game, just real quickly, it turns out that for three years when I'm telling you guys that OBJ needs to just run the correct fucking route and catch the ball and he'll be fine and put up great stats. We was right. um, Donovan People jones stepped in and took his place, ran the same fucking route tree. And would you look at that? Huge catches that turn the tide of the game because Baker throws really accurate balls when he knows where you're going.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, we talked about that. It, it wasn't just an OBJ problem or just a Baker thing or just, just a fancy thing. It was just the, the combination of everyone doesn't work. But when you remove OBJ, he is the only one that isn't working. So, well, I do think Odell can still be a productive receiver and have some really exciting games because he will have some sports center games that he puts together that we're all sitting there and people are – uh putting highlights all over twitter but i think for the most part he's a guy that's gonna go get you some get you some plays but you're gonna have to wow. feed him the ball yeah and he's he, he
0: just, he's one of those guys where he's good but he might make your team worse just because you have to do things with him that aren't optimal otherwise he is going to just be a head case and fuck everything yeah, up. you indangibly. have to
1: curate the offense around him
0: and, and any, anytime you have to do that,
1: you're probably worse yeah. And at least when it's not a quarterback, I think the only one you should be curating an offense around is your quarterback. And while o- Odell is a, a really good player that for a while was a truly elite guy that you could make the argument, you build around him and you, no matter what, you have to get him, you know, eight to 10 targets a game. He's not quite there anymore. And since he's not there anymore, it doesn't make sense to have him around. And it, so you have the guys that will fit what the system is that run the routes Their are asked. They're not doing anything special. They just kind of fit into their role. It lets Baker be decisive. And the issues that we saw with OBJ was it, you know, Baker was double pumping. It looked like he was hesitating a lot and it was cause he didn't know where he was going to be. And he does know where these guys are going to be. So maybe they're not quite as open, but Baker is good enough that guys don't need two steps for him to put balls in the right spot. They just gotta be in the right place. And make and have some separation. He can fit it into tight holes that you, I think the loss that you have of any separation that Odell would be able to get is more than overcome by Baker. Just knows where the guy's going to be and can put the ball in the right spot.
0: Can I say one final thing about the Browns before we move on, making all of our listener listeners jump for joy?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's wrap up.
0: Verbal meme: the the strong guy's handshake and then one of the arms is PFF, and the other arm is me, and in the middle is Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in the NFL week nine, 2021. I'm not saying that that means that I was right to have him as my highest graded quarterback prospect of all time. I'm not saying, I mean, you know, since 2016, which is saying like nothing. I'm not saying that that means the Browns are winning the Super Bowl. I'm just saying it fucking happened. I don't know. Moving on, we've got more Fuck you, pay me because we were right about everything.
1: Yeah. So those uh, those Dallas Cowboys also had a little bit of a rough week. Dak was back and in, in full action, and it still didn't uh, it didn't seem to be enough.
0: I really wish that I had one of those photographic Sean McVay memories so that I could read off the tweets that I sent out like this time last week, where I was saying that Cooper Rush is living proof that the Dallas Cowboys production on offense is Kellen Moore and deep wide receivers and great offensive line and good running backs like 90 times more than it is Dak Prescott. Because Cooper Rush is a bad backup. In his first start against a decent defense, he put up like 300 yards and he didn't look good. Anybody who watched the game was like, Cooper Rush is not it. But the problem is if they would watch Dak Prescott's games, they'd come away with the same fucking take. The production is Super inflated. Dak Prescott has shown it his entire career. Nobody watches, so nobody knows. And the Broncos exposed it exquisitely. And one game does not a career make, but when one game perfectly sums up what you've been trying to show people for years, it
1: feels nice. Yeah, you've uh, you've been much more critical of Dak than I have been. I you know I, I don't have him at the the same level that the national media does. You mean you don't I think do he's think the
0: fourth he, or fifth best quarterback in the
1: NFL? No. Dak, Dak is in that 10 to 15 range. He's a good quarterback that you can keep around. He's a franchise guy that he's not going to lose you games. He'll win you one or two. But for the most part, he just takes what's there. He's smart. He's decisive. If guys are open, he's normally going to be able to get them the ball. But he's not ascending anything. He's not overcoming much. If you have a good defensive plan, he's not going to really be able to overcome it by himself. He's going to need people to kind of be there to bail him out. And while he's 100% a quarterback you can run with and be happy with for a long time, he's not some really special guy that you're like, yes, this is him. We never need to look to upgrade. and We're going to win Super Bowls regardless of what our roster looks like because of this guy.
0: There is a remarkably small difference between Dak Prescott now and peak Andy Dalton like more mobile than you think but not a runner enough arm but not a strong arm accurate but not as accurate as you'd think oh speaking of accurate justin fields throwing a ball at the knees of a cameraman fucking a
1: yeah i think you're pretty you're you're on point with the the dalton back comparison we've made it a lot because peak andy dalton was a solid quarterback i mean those those bengals teams were they weren't going to They didn't do anything special, and they weren't expected to do anything special, but they were a low-end playoff team because Andy Dalton had good playmakers that he knew how to get the ball to. He wasn't going to go do anything great, but he got him to the playoffs, and that's the same thing Dak has done, and all I kind of expect him to be able to do is kind of that first or second round of the playoffs, and that's it.
0: You're telling me I'm literally sitting here begging begging my Lord and Savior Jay Cutler to put Andy Dalton in this game, so the Bears have a chance at winning. Uh, of course, as I say that, Fields hits a wide open Allen Robinson for a first down, and I have to grade it as good, even though it's not special. Um, all right, one more quarterback uh, equivalency that I made. Uh, I took some heat for it, and I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of people heard it on the pod, and then I took heat on it on Twitter. But I said it twice, and I'll say it a third time there is no difference between Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray in the Cardinals offense. There's just not healthy or not healthy because while they have very different skill sets and Kyler is a somewhat better quarterback, not a lot, but somewhat that offense is like 80% pedestrian plays. Like you just have to be able to pop past it to Rondale Moore, throw the screen to Christian Kirk, not fuck up the three yard slant.
1: Yeah. I, there, there's a difference. I think there is a, a decent difference between Kyler and Colt McCoy. I think the what we saw this last week with the Cardinals was a little bit of uh, backup quarterbacks can go and have a good game or two. But if you put Colt McCoy out there for a season, they would not be this good. Kyler, he's not as good at taking the the routine play that you give him, but he is so exciting. And although he doesn't actually you know run that much anymore they don't have too many quarterback design runs and he's not taking off down the field as much. He still buys so much time to let guys get open. And he has you know, a significantly better arm than Colt McCoy because Colt McCoy can't throw it more than 30 yards down the field. And those last five to 10 yards are asking a lot of him. Whereas Kyler can actually use the entire length of the field and open everything up for him. So he's definitely an upgrade, but, it's for sure not the level that people think it is because Kyler still he isn't good at or isn't as good.
0: You could you could stop right there. He's not good.
1: He's exciting. It, it, he, yeah, he is fun. He's in that same he, realm he's explosive. as yeah, he's in that same realm as kind of like Josh Allen or Russell Wilson right now. Where Oh see, I, know, I have he, him like
0: two tiers worse, but the same kind of guy.
1: I think he's worse than Josh Allen or Russell Wilson. I would probably have him a tier worse, not two, but we're, we're kind of, you know, picking nits at that point. Colt McCoy is worse than Kyler, but it's definitely not the 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 difference that people have made it out to be, and it's why we got value on that game. Yeah.
0: Now, I I agree with you that Kyler's better. How much better? I don't know. But similar to how Baker Mayfield decays Keenum is not a huge deal because the Browns refuse to utilize their quarterbacks, I don't think it's that big of a deal with the Cardinals just because they make life so fucking easy on their quarterbacks. Like, if, if if they were asking their quarterback to throw to the second level more often, if they were running a lot of streaks, maybe it's different. But they don't. It's so many screens. And it, it's really well designed, so it works. Like, I, don't, I love – well, I like Cliff Kingsbury as a coach. I think he's good. I always have. But, man, they could have fucking Nick Mullins looking like a pro bowler.
1: Yeah, I think that's a – you make more sense to me when you frame it like that, that the offense is the way that it's geared, makes it so it's not as big of a difference between those yeah. quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I don't think that there's, when I say that, I don't think there's a big difference between McCoy and Kyler. I mean, in that, on that team, in that offense, because like, dude, do, do you really have to be good to throw it either A, really high and hope AJ Green or New Hopkins gets it, or B, a foot in front of your nose to Rondale Moore or Christian Kirk, who will then do magic in front
1: of you. Yeah, I think the offense is definitely designed to take out mistakes. And I think that's somewhat built because of Kyler's limitations. Yeah. Because while Kyler has pretty much all the physical tools you could ask for. He's not elite at reading a field and making accurate, precise throws in, especially in the short field. So eliminating some of that, those tough choices in close tight window throws is why that offense is built that way. But, yeah, it's definitely how it runs. And Colt McCoy is able to take the easy throws. So it is—it uh, isn't that big of a drop-off. But I feel like uh, we've stroked ourselves off enough about last week. You want to get into gas or fade?
0: Yes, just as soon as we do this commercial. Yeah, let's do it. Should we start with gas or fade?
1: <laughs> let's do gas because, as usual, pretty light there and fade we can uh, we can put some more meat on the bone
0: all right well then i'm gonna start off with our favorite the cleveland browns are you are you guys shocked show me your guys are shocked faces are you are you bewildered did you see this coming yeah i mean we've they're putting shit together baker is back to looking like the all-star that he is they're coming into their own they're getting healthy i think it's i think it's simple i Speaking of simple, the Bears are covering again. And never mind, there's a flag.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the the Browns. We've talked about it that they have all the talent there. They just weren't playing complete games. When Baker would have a good game, the receivers weren't, or the defense wasn't. And when the defense was having a good game, Baker was missing open guys. Like they just weren't clicking. And now you talked about they're getting healthy. They seem like they actually are clicking we've had all this evidence that Baker and the offense are better when Odell's not there. And there were a lot of, you know, reasons. I was one of the people that said, Oh, it's just who they're playing and the offense more comfortable in the later half of the year and all these excuses. But after last week, it might really just be that they're a lot better when Odell's not there and everyone just plays that role. And so, and I think that's what's happening. So we should move forward going, okay, so this is the offense we thought it was going to be. Baker has been playing well and getting better. You know, he had a great game last week. He played really well in that Pittsburgh game too. This is around the time of year when he's turned it around every season where he's kind of started rough and then he always plays a lot better in the second half. So there are a lot of things that point to the Browns offense turning it around. The defense is decent. They're going to get a, a lot of pressure from their front four. The corners are playing well right now. If When they gel and click, they're, uh, you know, probably in that middle tier of defenses, 10 to 20. And it seems like they're they're starting to hit that point. They're getting healthier, they have their DBs, and guys are kind of getting into the system, getting a little comfortable, because they did have, what, eight new starters? The signs are pointing to them turning it around. They have a weaker schedule coming up, and I expect this is where we're really gonna see them form into the maybe not the Super Bowl contender we thought they were
0: really because who in the AFC is worth a goddamn instead of them
1: I I still just worry about the Browns philosophy in general on offense and defense I and worry about Josh Allen playoffs, being
0: one of the quarterbacks in the NFL I, I worry about Josh Allen being one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL I worry about the Ravens trying to run halfback dive with their quarterback every other play I I worry about the entire AFC thinking it belongs in the NFL. I'll,
1: I'll grant you that there are a lot of questions about the contenders, but there's still a lot of questions about the Browns. That's fair. They they now don't have a number one receiver. Good. They have a guy that you right now is probably a two or three, and DPJ that you hope could be a number one, but he's still raw. Yeah. You have you have Jarvis Landry who's beat up, getting older and just not that talented. By I was himself. I was
0: I was this fucking close to adding him to the fucking cut pile with OBJ and everybody who defended him.
1: But yeah, like he has
0: he, for performance reasons.
1: Yeah, and he still has his value because, you know, he does drop the ball more than people like to say he does, but He's a guy that Baker likes a lot that they can turn to in some of those short yardage plays. And they do just use him the way Jarvis should be used, which is as a kind of short intermediate, get him the ball quickly and get seven yards. That's all he should be doing. And that's all they ask him to do. But you can't really do too much now that you don't have an Odell there, a guy that can draw attention. So that's a worry of now that they just have a bunch of kind of like B level and C level receivers counting the tight end that you don't know when it comes to the the playoffs like last year against the Chiefs where they couldn't beat any man coverage. And even with Baker playing elite football and fitting balls into crazy tight windows, they still couldn't do it. So that's the, the worry. And the defense still plays incredibly soft all the time. And when they play good offenses, they... Seem like they give up 40 points. So there are questions about the Browns moving forward, but at least right now they're playing well, and I think they're going to keep playing better. I'm not ready to say, though, after one good week against the Bengals, who we've been saying are wildly overrated, that they're 100% back. But I do think they are. Even if they don't you know, transcend to the next level at their current spot, they're still better than what people think they are.
0: I'm going to issue a challenge for us, and that is for the next two weeks, we're going to try just one time to talk about the Browns, but not go on for way too long. Because I thought that was all great info, but people are going to say, stop talking about the Browns. Apparently they don't want to hear about our best bet for next week. I didn't say that. Um, Next gas
1: team. Yeah, let's get to it. You uh, you talked about the Denver Broncos possibly making a comeback. We, we cooled on them recently. You heating up. Well, they
0: got Jerry Judy back, which is huge. And they're about to get uh, George Fant back. I know it's Noah. They're about to get Fant back. They got Judy back. Tim Patrick is playing well. Cortland Sutton is finally fucking healthy. Big Ben just underthrew a punt 40 yards, and nobody in the Bears secondary decided they wanted to play the ball. I hate Big Ben. I don't understand how he competes. Um. Anyhow, the Broncos... Like their offensive weaponry has basically gone from awesome to literally nothing left to really good again. And that's a big difference. And I think people underestimate how much it'll affect Teddy Bridgewater. Um, also, do we need to talk about maybe Von Miller was the problem? I'm kidding. That's bullshit. Uh, but as long as he's doing it with OBJ, I figured we'll try it again. No, I, I really just think they're having all their wide receivers and tight ends back low. And I don't think people yeah. realize that.
1: Right. Because we talked about the issue as is Teddy had really started to struggle. And he, he went back to really conservative, but also not making great decisions. And it, it may have just been that he didn't have guys open or guys that he could trust. And well, so he's now more to he
0: see-it-throw-it guy anyway. Like He needs things to be clean for him to make a decision.
1: Yeah, so where, where I was talking about Baker, that you don't need two steps or a lot of separation for him to get you the ball. Teddy, you do need separation because he can't fire stuff in and he just, he isn't the type of player to make those tight window throws. And so when you get back those receivers that are of the caliber that Fant and Judy are and Cortland Sutton's healthy, it just opens up the offense and it gives you those matchups where now instead of, okay, you have a good number one and number two or guys that you like there, but you have nobody after that. Whereas kind of Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton trotting out there, but now when you have three or four guys that you, you really like, you can get matchups against the third corner a safety that can't really cover and it's to really open up the offense.
0: Yeah. I I think I think that's about as much as we could say about it because it's not I mean, they play Philly this week, so that's a nice bet. But and then they have the bye, but then it's Chargers, Chiefs. Lions and Cincy are both wins. I mean, there will be a few more chances to get in on them, and they probably win about 10 games this year. But mild guess.
1: Yeah, just, just a little tap. All right, and one more game. Yeah, speaking of ones that we're just going to tap a little bit of gas on, those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are uh, they're getting healthy on the back end. Gronk's back. They're uh, they're they're rounding out a little bit. We might be able to trust them going forward. Yeah. Well, now they have
0: Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting back at cornerback, so they're no longer playing a bunch of six foot four dudes who should be out of the league in Pierre Desir and Richard Sherman. Uh, that's a big improvement. They might actually be able to play some fucking man coverage. And eventually, they're highly paid and highly invested in edges. Will what is this ref signaling? eventually their edges will start to get some pressure. So the defense won't suck for that much longer and the offense just keeps on getting better. So, I mean, there's not much to say on this one other than don't look now, but the Buccaneers are still probably the best team in the NFL after the performance of the Rams just turned in.
1: Yeah. The issue obviously will be just finding value on them because they're already going to be favored in a lot of games. And in, you know, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but probably probably, close to double digits favored in at least a handful of games so finding value will be tough but definitely keep an eye out and look for them but with that said we can move on to some fades and talk about teams that are uh, overrated and primed to uh, make us some money betting against them
0: yeah and there's going to be a lot more fades than there are gases because like evaluating quarterbacks handicapping the nfl is mostly just about figuring out who sucks and rarely about figuring out who's good because. Hope springs eternal in this league. Uh, speaking of hope springing eternal, let's talk about New England.
1: Yeah, they uh, they keep pulling off some of these wins that we don't expect them to, or winning by more than we think they're going to, being closer in games than we expect them to. A lot of overperforming. Do you think that's legitimate or is it fluky?
0: Mac Jones can't keep getting away with this. Not the cheap shots. Not the fact that he did the same fucking shit as Henry Ruggs and then managed to hit something that's not quite as alive. There's my Henry Ruggs joke. Ten years. Um,
1: that was pretty mild as far I, as Henry well, go. So.
0: Well, fucking A, man. What's the difference? Fuck Mac Jones. I'm just mad that he twisted Brian Burns' ankle like a little bitch and nobody's calling him out for it. Randy Moss and fucking Booger McFarlane on Monday Night Football today supported him. They were like, hey, it shows me. Sorry, my girlfriend is committing suicide via Spice Rack. Um, Yeah, she's got great timing. (sighs) Ten years. Um, ah, Booker McFarlane and Randy Moss were legitimately advocating that Mac Jones trying to break a defensive end's ankle after fucking up on a play shows that he's a competitor and he wants it, and his team will rally around that. Uh, I'm sure that... They also would argue he's a great game manager who is safe with the football despite consistently turning the ball over anytime he's given a chance to Jameis Winston level proportions. He can't keep getting away with this. 50% completion percentage type shit, extreme ease of difficulty, fumbles, picks, about as sensitive to pressure as Joe Burrow. It's going to stop happening as soon as a quarterback decides not to hand the Patriots 14 points via interceptions.
1: Yeah, so speaking of that, the Patriots defense has been pretty next level these last few weeks. A lot of turnovers. They've been uh, putting up some decent performances. Do you think that's a just luck and a factor of who they've been playing? If
0: If you are the type in this world to believe that turnover luck is a stable, reliable source of defensive performance, I have a bridge to sell you and it's right next to the Statue of Liberty, so the price is very high and only going up. The Patriots' defense has looked good because the Chargers failed on fourth down spectacularly. Oh, wow, the Bears' cornerbacks are terrible. That better be a flag. Um, the, the Chargers failed on fourth down. Justin Herbert played terribly. Justin Herbert threw really bad picks, and then they played Sam Darnold. I, I don't think they – if Case Keenum plays quarterback for either team – and like, does the Case Keenum thing, I, I think the Patriots lose both of the last two games. It, I, There's a reason that my second biggest bet of the year so far is currently on the Browns, and it might get bigger.
1: Yeah, I, I normally chalk the turnovers up to luck as well. It just seems like they've been doing it a lot. And while it is against quarterbacks like Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold, and Justin Herbert isn't quite what we thought he was, and we'll get into that later, but they've still been forcing a lot of these quarterbacks into mistakes. And when it keeps happening like this, I'm starting to think it might be a pattern. Now, I agree with you that I think it's more the the quarterbacks they've been playing that just aren't as, as great at reading fields. They're, they haven't encountered as many defenses and looks and gotten the experience. So when they play an offense, it's more it's more stable. I think that'll regress. And so that's why I agree with you that they're in fade. On top of Mac Jones, the defense is getting very lucky.
0: Yeah, no, the Patriots are pure luck and the mystique of Bill Belichick, and he is going to come crashing to the ground. I'm hearing people talk about them as a Super Bowl contender right now. Not joking, not joking at all. Like that's the hot in the streets talk. Um, Adam Schefter is lumping them lumping them in with playoff contenders, places that OBJ might want to go. So it's safe to say the public has completely bought into the laundry. They think that the Patriots are the Patriots because they wear the Patriots helmet. And I think we've beaten this horse dead.
1: Yeah, I, I think we've covered it plenty.
0: Not unlike the tree that Mac Jones drunk drove into.
1: With that said, those Cincinnati Bengals had a, a couple rough weeks and we've had them on the fade list for a while. I want to keep them there. And why is that? I mean we we've talked about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase a lot already. In these last couple episodes but that's the main reason for me I think they're both well Jamar is a good player Joe Burrow is you know Kirk Cousins that's really cool I
0: I, th- I like that it's easier to say that he's Kirk Cousins than to give like a descriptive adjective to him because I don't really know if that should be average or above average or anything I don't know either but it's not enough
1: <laughs> exactly it's it, it's similar to Dak in that this is a guy that you can have on your team for a really long time. And he's going to have some really great games and he's going to be a guy that you stick with for a long time, but he's just not quite good enough. And especially because people think he is that guy is where I'm getting the value from in that he's a fine quarterback, but people are talking about him. Like he's one of the next top end guys that's already going to carry that team into relevancy. And I just haven't seen that and don't agree with it. On top of Jamar's a good receiver, but he's not crazy, and that offense is going to take steps back when he can't be Superman for them. I mean, we, we've I thought already they talked. They're going to get worse. We've oh, talked no, about we, it.
0: Yeah, we've talked about the Bengals a lot, but I just we can make a broader point here before we move on: is that there is nothing more valuable, there is nothing more lovely in the world of sports betting than an average to below average player who's super cool, and Joe Burrow as well as Jamar Chase, are wonderful in that they're not great, but they're so cool, they're so fucking hypey, that they will always be considered by the market to at least be
1: decent, even when they're not. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing is if you start hot, if your first handful of games in the league are really good, people are going to say you're really good unless they don't like you or yeah. until you've had some sustained issues. you, you got to Burles... it, yeah. Yeah, Joe Burrow, and, you know, it was inflated stats because they threw 50 times a game, but he had really crazy stats when he came in and then tore his also can't do anything else to dispel that. And then Jamar has, you know, had one of the best starts a wide receiver ever has. So even though they're hollow stats, they're still stats and eye-popping plays, and then people are like, oh, yeah. Now when they see Joe Burrow, they're like, yeah, that's the guy that's good.
0: Unintentionally awesome segue, hollow stats and hypey dudes. Next on the fade list, Baltimore. Similar to how Mac Jones can't keep getting away with 50% completions, three or four turnover plays, and a fucking win somehow. The Ravens can't keep on winning in overtime in games where they're thoroughly outplayed by bad teams. First of all, they're running out of bad teams to play. And second of all, god damn it.
1: Yeah, they've been pulling off crazy late game comebacks where they're down by 20 points in the third quarter. They keep playing into overtime or the last minute of all these games. We've talked about it that they can't keep this up, especially over a 17 game season, simply because the NFL is too hard. I don't care who you are when you take that many hits and you play that much extra football, it's going to catch up to you. And so they already need these crazy comebacks and all these lucky plays or If you go to the Lions game where they didn't call the late penalty on them for the delay of game or whatever it was like, there are a lot of things they've just gotten lucky on as well. So fucking
0: Colts kicker died mid game or else they win that game in regulation.
1: Yeah, so it's just been a lot of things that have been luck on top of really unsustainable multi score comebacks in the last quarter of the game. And a team that's still just really beat up, you know, we, we've glossed over it a little bit because the team's been successful, but they have a ton of guys on the IR. They're missing a ton of people, and they're playing really long games that they are and need a bunch of luck to win. So while they're having success right now, it has to fall off.
0: Just. And of course, as we say that, they get ready to play Miami and then Chicago. So maybe it won't run out.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna be able to find much on them in the next couple weeks now after that they're gonna have Cleveland, then Pittsburgh then Cleveland So we should be able to find some uh, some value there. I'm not but- saying
0: I be- I'm not saying I believe it, but there is a there is an avenue to them losing their final one two, three four five six, seven games. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Green Bay, Rams, Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh is weak, but they're a tough team to play. Cincinnati's overrated, but uh, we saw what they did already. And then they absolutely should lose to Green Bay, the Rams, and at least once to the Browns. So we're looking at three to seven losses there to end the season.
1: Yeah, and again, I think those, those the chances that they lose those games only increase as the year goes on because all these long games and injuries catch up the more they play.
0: Yeah, watch them go to fucking overtime with Miami and see how fucking refreshed they feel after
1: that. Yeah, so it's working for them right now, but there are so many factors that point to this falling off, so they're going to jump onto the fade list for us. And because we're not done talking about all the overrated teams, the San Francisco 49ers have had some rough games of late. Do you think that's going to continue? Dude, I... I have
0: been really struggling with the 49ers all year in that I keep on making a ton of money. There's an elite conference. I keep on making a ton of money betting against the 49ers because they suck, but I keep on just like staying up at night thinking, people seem to think that the 49ers are good and I don't get why. Like, what is the, the, the public thinks that the 49ers are somehow between a 10 and 20 ranked team. Like they're a middle of the pack team at worst. Fucking where does that come from? like what unit of their team what history do we have like why
1: i i've been thinking about this as well and i think it all just goes back to they went to a super bowl and almost beat the chiefs and they were they were minutes away from winning a super bowl and the same way the eagles got a lot of extra leash despite kind of sucking or really underperforming expectations after they won the super bowl is the same way that Shanahan and John Lynch are getting so much leash in San Francisco because people have seen them be really good before so and you know they've had all the injuries and people can chalk up their the the previous failures as you know flukes and the one time they were healthy and had everyone they almost won a Super Bowl
0: well regardless depending on the number the Bears are covering again and the 49ers fucking suck and Matt Nagy has called some Awesome plays today, especially in the red zone. Wow. Um, That touchdown throw by Fields, by the way, uh, that got called back because of the unsportsmanlike conduct was an awesome route design by Nagy. But he won't get credit because it was a positive thing. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is like if Matt Nagy got the benefit of the doubt every
1: time. Yeah, I I think there are people have been making a lot of comparisons because their win-loss record is – I think Nagy actually has a better record to this point.
0: The only reason that it's even close is because Shanahan had the Super Bowl year. Outside of that, Nagy is
1: blowing the doors off of him.
0: Nagy's never had a losing season.
1: Yeah, I think the... the which
0: is kind of fraudulent, but still.
1: Yeah, it's 100% fraudulent. And a lot of it was built off of the, the defenses they had were so good that they could kind of manufacture points for the offense. But I think both guys, have, their ultimate downfall will, be, downfall will be how they select a quarterback because oh, yeah. they, they've they picked two each or well, had no, two each.
0: Yeah, Nagy didn't pick Trubisky, but apparently that's part of why he picked the Bears.
1: Yeah, and based off of him picking fields, we know that that type of quarterback is obviously something he likes.
0: And he'll take so, that model in any color.
1: Yeah, so I think that's where it, we can say they've each picked two quarterbacks and both have – made horrible choices so that'll be their downfall the 49ers though yeah people haven't haven't adjusted to that you know they were slowly adjusting to it and you're seeing it in the numbers a little bit but they're still getting a ton of value for what is a bad team you know they're they have a bad quarterback Mike McGlinchey now out for the year and that was kind of their saving grace was they had two incredible tackles that could mask a lot of issues for them Debo Samuels having a good year, but the the offense just isn't dynamic and that defense, the D line isn't isn't doing enough and being completely dominant like they need to be to cover up for the issues in the secondary because they have nobody to play corner and they they just don't be able to keep up with how bad their defense is.
0: It's not even difficult. This is the thing. Like, it's not a fucking handicap. It's just when you have no secondary, your defensive line is okay, your linebackers are okay, and you have a bad offense, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, this is is why they frustrate me so, and this is why I'm not happy even though I keep on betting against them and winning. I, I, I can't imagine a world in which people don't think they're terrible. But here we are, and I guess I'll just have to keep on making money.
1: Exactly. I'm not going to complain and uh, get too much into the why. I'm just going to uh, take those juicy numbers and make some cash off of it.
0: We got one more, and this one doesn't make us as much
1: cash. Yeah, this one hurts a little bit because we like the team and the players on it. But the Los Angeles Chargers have, have fallen off these last few weeks. They They haven't looked too good, and Justin Herbert is struggling. I was legitimately
0: going to jump down your throat and be like, dude, San Diego, fucking idiot. Um, So I'm really just becoming an old man, like in front of my own eyes. Uh, At least you're aware. Right? I love Justin Herbert. I loved him coming out. I had him as my second highest graded prospect since 2016 when I actually started giving a shit about grading quarterback prospects. I had him right behind Baker, and I was very pleased with myself after last year and he got off to a hot start this year but since putting up nice stats against washington which i thought at one time was impressive he has looked not good and i granted joe lombardi their offensive coordinator is as bad as i could have imagined and brandon staley is about exactly what i imagined he would be before all the fucking roses got thrown at him like their offense is wildly conservative everything is short They're not attacking the second level. They don't take advantage of the fact they've got a wildly athletic quarterback with a gigantic arm. I don't understand why, but this is what they do. And then he gets up on a fucking presser, and he says, we're going to throw the ball down the field and be aggressive, and then they don't do it, and Twitter sucks his dick anyways. So, I mean, that's the world we live in. But the Chargers are just kind of a decent team, mostly because their defense is very soft and their offense is very conservative
1: yeah this is how we had soft gases i feel like this is a soft fade the the chargers still have a lot of talent and justin herbert still is really good they have the ability to be a great team as we've seen in some of these games but right now they are not because of what you talked about the defense is playing too soft and the offense is too conservative that they're just not taking advantage and they're, they're playing too reactionary and letting other teams dictate the game to them. The, yeah, they're, they're kind of just in that decent team range. They're a little exciting because of the players they have. And Justin Herbert can throw a 70-yard touchdown. But at present moment, they're just kind of that 10 to 15 range. Fun to watch. You can find some value on them, but nothing exciting.
0: Yeah, I I think the biggest takeaway just has to be that we need to stop considering, and I mean, I fell into it a little bit too, but we need to stop considering Brandon Staley a great coach and think of him as a competent one. If you take away going for it on every single fourth down religiously, there is nothing that separates him from Vic Fangio at all.
1: Yeah, and while Vic Fangio... is a person you want to be compared to as a D coordinator. He is not a person you want to be compared to as a head coach.
0: I I might even argue that Fangio is a better defensive head coach because his defenses at least perform better. I don't know if it's because they have better personnel. They seem to. But Staley's defense is not good.
1: Yeah, and I'm not going to be too harsh because it is the first year with the team, and you got to imagine he wants to build up personnel in a different way. Derwin, but, James, and Nas
0: yeah, Adderley are good safeties.
1: They are good safeties. They, I mean, their pass defense has been good, though. It's, it's been just their, okay. run de- their run defense has just been atrocious.
0: And I'm not even that concerned with the run defense being bad. Their pass defense is kind of soft. Like, they, yeah, they have good stats, but they play shit teams. I mean, like, let's list all the decent or better offenses that they've played. Uh, Cleveland, arguably Baltimore. We thought Kansas City, but kind of not. <laughs> maybe the raiders and dallas so we've got like two or three good offenses maybe a fourth that is the most hilarious kick return fumble ever
1: oh my god that's i wasn't talking i was like i need i am watching you watch this play
0: <laughs> the dejected middle-aged bears fan on the sidelines just looking at it like yep that's my bears
1: Uh, sometimes like being, you being on a delay or one of us being on a delay can be really annoying, but sometimes it's magical (laughs) (laughs) as I just watched the light, leave your eyes. (laughs) Like, dude, I'm, I'm
0: not a bears fan, but like once a year I put on my Jay Cutler jersey and I pretend to be a bears fan again. And I start to believe it. And then I watch the bears play and I actively root against them because I hate everything they do.
1: Well, they do make it easy to root against them.
0: Jakeem Grant is an NFL football player and he is wearing an obviously fake chain under his pads. And after fumbling that kickoff, uh, he might need to pawn it for the $50 he paid because he is going to be broke. All right. We've gassed and we've faded. We've fucked up and we've been paid. I think we've recapped week nine.
1: Yeah, I think uh, week nine is in the books.
0: I don't want it to be over because I loved it so much, but I guess we'll see you. Well, maybe tomorrow. If 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 we're about our shit, we'll we'll see you guys tomorrow. But uh if not, just bear with us and you know, please bet on football games. Hasta